0: A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM.
1: Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday, Haley. Happy Saturday.
2: Happy Saturday. Are you comfortable Dan. there?
1: You're fixing yeah, all you know, over the place. adjusted here—it's distracting. <laughs> I'm trying to deliver A-grade material, and I've got you wiggling over there. It's
2: hard to focus. Well, we've got the spinny chairs.
1: I know. You know Never ever stand on to... a spinny chair to reach the light fixture.
2: No, that's in one of those kids'
1: books that I used to really like. It
2: was a lesson in there. Yeah, You never stand on a swivel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that hurts when you fall. So there, there's one tip right off the bat. Yeah, we're on a roll. We are. I've got something else. You know, we've got important stuff to get to. But I had something pretty funny happen to me this week, and I want to share it. Okay. Kids thought it was great. So my family likes to watch detective shows. I've talked about that sure. with you a lot. Yeah. I've watched them ever since you know I was a little kid. Lots of detective shows, and I am that kind of a detective. Yeah, you know, I, I like to brilliant. think I am, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm always picking up clues, figuring out things. Wherever I go, I am on it. So anyway, we're out walking in this natural area, and it snows out, and we're wandering around, and my daughter Hannah's looking at these footprints on the, on the path in front of us, and she focuses on one particular set, and As we're going, she's tracing it, you know, putting her feet in the same steps. Mm -hmm. And she says, Dad, you know, this person is a size 10. And I said, Oh, you know, maybe she's like a savant. Up. <laughs> my, yeah, my abilities have been translated to her. And I said, How do you know? Is it because you're measuring how your foot is to? Yeah. She says, Because it's stamped with a 10 on the inside.
2: Well, there you go.
1: Well, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I looked at it and I said, Well, it is. I said, What kind of person has their size stamped on? You know, when I was little, we would put that on our pants and stuff. You know, the pants said that.
2: Yeah. And, and the tags used yeah, to be like know where you exactly could see what it. you are. Mm-hmm.
1: And maybe that's handy, but it was always a little embarrassing.
2: Well, it's like Jerry, he would scratch off the thirty-two to make it a thirty-one. Still, Jerry. Seinfeld. Oh, is, yeah. Oh, sorry for those it. that aren't <laughs> aren't
1: aware. Well, anyway, somebody is out wandering around with their size stamped on their boots, and yeah. I kind of laughed about that. But then I went into detective mode, right? And I'm pointing out all these things to the kids. You know, we can, you know, figure out like all kinds of stuff and... from this little bit of information that we have. And Andrew, you know, I said, "What do you think about this? What do you think about the gate? You know, the the step of this person." And he said something, and he's in a forensic class. And I said, you're in a forensic class, and you're missing all this stuff. I said, you need to just tell your teacher that you're bailing out. You know, we were joking.
2: But <laughs> I've said, learned nothing. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, You need to just go to something else. But, you know, we're going on, and Hannah's pointing out stuff, and I'm just all over it. You know, we can figure he's probably relatively tall. You know, you can tell by the way he's stepping that, you know, he leans this way. He puts a lot more weight on this foot than that foot. How do you know, Dad? And I'm telling him, and I'm making fun of the thing that they don't see, and Andrew is super quiet as we're wandering. <laughs> and I thought, you know, he felt bad, and so I said, buddy, I was just teasing you. He says, oh, no, 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 I know that. He says, I'm just wondering something, I've been you know, paying attention to this, and he said, when did you go walking with Caleb? You were telling me about that the other day, and I said, yeah, we were here, I think it was last night or the night before. <laughs> and I said, oh my goodness, these aren't Caleb's prints, and he says, no, dad. They're your prints. Oh (laughs) my gosh. I pull up my boot, I've got a number 10.
2: So you wouldn't recognize yourself if you're looking in a mirror. No,
1: I thought I was six foot something with a limp. (laughs) (laughs) I know nothing. That's how aware I am.
2: We have all learned something.
1: (laughs) But at least it's good that I know, right? Lots of us are unaware. Yes, that's true. And we're unaware that we're unaware. At least I'm aware that I'm aware. Became
2: aware very quickly.
1: (laughs) Anyway, I thought that was fun. We've got a number of real things planned for the show today. We're going to be talking about colors for a home gym. Last week we talked about
2: flooring, flooring, and how to paint the concrete walls or the cinder block walls, but really. The best part about painting is choosing the right color.
1: Well, it's the most stressful part, but it is the most rewarding in the end. Yes. And we're going to have some tips, whether you've got a lower level or a basement (laughs) that you're turning into a home gym. That's what we talked about last week. Or if it's you know maybe just a spare bedroom and you want to get color that will work with the rest of the home, but still give you that vibe, we're going to talk about that. We're also going to be talking about toilets dual-flush toilets. <laughs>
2: what? I guess I, I should have. That could mean so many things.
1: <laughs> I guess I was just so excited to say that we're talking about toilets. and I, I'm not going to tell flush. you.
2: Dual-flush. Water-saving.
1: Water-saving. Yes. Yeah. All kinds of things. That's coming up. But right now, let's focus on this really cool, crazy cool woodworking tip that I stumbled into. It's an old one, but... I've never really tried it, and it worked like magic.
2: Yeah, it really does. It was really impressive.
1: Yeah, I was looking for stuff. Haley and I are always looking for stuff to talk about on the show, and I stumbled onto this furniture repair website, and they had a ton of interesting stuff that we'll dig into over time. Definitely. But one thing in particular was for repairing dents and dings in wood.
2: Right. Not gouges or scratches. It has to be, you know, just a imprint into the wood, a dent, like you would get in your car. Right. It can't be like damaged fibers.
1: Right. A dent or a ding literally is just a depression like Haley's saying. It's not damaged fibers or things like that. A gouge is where something's missing. Exactly. This isn't going to fix that. It will fix those dents and dings, though. Now, I've not tried this. One other caveat before we get going. I haven't tried it on finished wood. Well, I, I, I technically did. I tried it on a piece. <laughs> I don't think it was finished well. Okay. It was just a little sure. scrap piece sitting around, and I did not have good results. Hmm. So I yeah, I have, I've
2: been curious. We'll have to test that in the future. And yeah, see.
1: I've yet to try this. So what we're talking about and recommending right now is specifically for bare wood. Now, all right, here's the scenario. Picture this: you're working on something in the shop. Everybody can imagine that. Dust is in the air. The buzz of the saws. The smell. Somebody like Haley saying, are you wearing your glasses? (laughs) (laughs) True. Are you watching your fingers? You know, stuff like that. Your gloves, yeah. All of that's going on. And you're working on this whatever it is. And it's taking a while to get it all together. And as it's there in your shop over several days and weeks and all of that, it gets bumped into. It gets dinged up. Or
2: you've got like a clamp that you've put down on it and that makes a depression. I do that Just about every time I clamp a piece of wood afterwards, I realize, okay, should have protected it because now I've got a dent in it.
1: nice little dent. Or you're pounding with a hammer Mm -hmm. and you're pretty exuberant. And you miss. And you miss. (laughs) I've got a lot of that. You've got all these little gouges. Or another one that happens to me is I've got these nice boards. I get everything just right Mm -hmm. and I'm carrying them to wherever I've got to get them to install them in the next part of this. Sure. And I constantly ding up the edges of them. Getting into the doorway. Yeah. These nice little crisp, sharp edges edges. I've got all these little things and divots in it. All right. So that's the problem. You're looking at that and you're thinking, oh man, what do I do? What I would do is get out sandpaper and we sand it like crazy. I sand all the edges round (laughs) (laughs) and I don't have the dents and dings anymore. Well, here's the deal. You can fix that and you can fix it like magic and you need to do this now, well, not technically right now,
2: but you should see it to believe it because it's really amazing.
1: And you've got all the stuff at home, I guarantee it. You. You've got water at home, hopefully. Most of you do. Yeah, yeah. You've got cloth or paper towels, right? Definitely. Some, that, that's for sure in our homes, and most of us have a clothes iron, yeah. right? In this day and age, still, I think so. This day and age of wrinkled outerwear, we still have irons in the home right at
2: least a curling iron got
1: irons in the fire so if you've got irons at home that's all you need water a cloth and an iron here's what you do you heat up the iron because a cold iron not going to be a whole lot of good in this (laughs) so heat it up it could be medium heat all the way to high heat you're going to want to test it okay you know i I ran into websites where they said oh you can't go to high heat it's going to burn the wood Other ones said you got to have it be high heat. I tested it. I got different results based on different woods. I never burnt anything. That's what the cloth is for. Right. All right. So anyway, get your iron heating up. Now you've got your wood with the dent on it on your workbench. You take your water and basically add it to that dent with like a little dropper, a pipette. Spray bottle. A spray bottle. You could just pour a little bit on. You're just trying to get water into that dent so it's actually... Do you let it soak in? Well, you can let it soak in. You're trying to get it to bubble up a little bit. Okay, gotcha. the, the, The surface tension of it to keep a little bubble. But if it soaks in, put a little more on there. You let it sit for a couple minutes like that, adding the water to that spot. Then you put your rag or your paper towels over that spot, and then just press it down with the iron. Now you're ironing the wood through the paper towel or the cloth. You do that for a few minutes, you remove the iron and the cloth, and take a look at what you've got. Most of the time...
2: Dent is gone. You've seen it. Yeah. You came and were so excited. You've got to see this. It's like magic. And sure enough, I had no idea the dent would have existed in the spots that you were showing me.
1: Right. I did this on some oak. I did it on plywood. I did it on pine, poplar. Uh, The oak, the only thing that I could see was the... The mark left by the hammer, the color. Yeah,
2: mark. there was like a, you know, like the metal black kind of
1: yeah, mark. Yeah, that stayed. But the dent itself came right out, worked on everything. Sometimes it takes a couple of applications. Sometimes it may take up to 10 minutes or so. I have to add more water sometimes. Sometimes you're not going to get it completely perfect. Sure. But it is such an improvement. Over where it was.
2: And it's way better than sanding all the corners round. Oh, my goodness. And yes, it does
1: work on corners. It takes a little bit of a trick. But I had a strip of pine that I dinged up the corners all the way down it. And I was mm-hmm. able to remove most of those dings without any sanding at all. So Now, cool. I know this is old news to some people. You know, this ironing the wood, it's not a new thing. I've heard it before. I've just never tried it. I've never heard I of it. no realization that it was as cool and as magic as it seems. Now, all right. Try that when you get a second today make sure you try it today before you forget about it because once you see it you won't forget about it the next time you need it definitely now all right we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to be making some recommendations for colors for home gyms last week we talked about making that basement into a home gym or even getting the right flooring for your home gym right now let's talk about paint colors because that's all important right the most important the most important (laughs) that's all just ahead stay tuned
0: Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Lite Home Improvement Show. Presented by Benjamin Moore. On
1: News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. Well, Haley, last week we had Nick Sargent in the studio uh, from Johnson Carpet One. And we talked about flooring options for home gyms.
2: We also talked about painting a basement. Because typically home gyms are ending up there.
1: Right. What we didn't talk about... Was color. And we think that's kind of funny because, really, in a lot of instances, I think the home gym, the last thing people are thinking about is color. And yet, that's kind of a shame.
2: Well, yeah, we're already trying to avoid this space in a lot of ways. It's something that we really want the results from, but right. don't want to spend the time in the room to get the results. And I think. It's the opposite of so many other spaces in the house, right? We choose colors for the living room so that they're comfortable, and inviting. And why not do that for a room that we really need to be motivated to right. get into? Right. Of all the rooms, right. this
1: one needs to really invite <laughs> us in to get us to use it. At least some of us. Now, my kid, Yeah, he's all about it. But me... There's always a little weeping and gnashing of teeth as I wander down there because I yeah. know I need to be there. I don't ever want to do But I don't it. want to. Maybe if I have a fancy color on the wall that just calls my name, think how fit I'll be. <laughs> it's all about the paint color. It's
2: all about the paint color. All right. So
1: let's talk about that. And let's start with the whole psychology of color. Now, what that means is that there are certain colors. That's the that's the scuttle out there. Mm-hmm. There are certain colors That will impact us in certain ways. It's why hospitals tend to be, what, blues, greens, mauves, very calming colors. Yeah, they're supposed to
2: be calming. Right. And other
1: spaces like kitchens, like a lot of restaurants will have energizing colors because that increases our appetite. It's the idea. Makes us eager for conversation or something Yeah, think about
2: like fast food logos. They're always red or orange or yellow. Right. And it's for that reason.
1: So that's the psychology of color. And we're not sure exactly where we fall on that. At. We think there's some truth to it.
2: Yeah, I think that you've just got to figure out what feels right to you. Ultimately, like if you're trying to induce an energizing space, look for colors that feel energizing to you. Because personally, sometimes I feel like blues are more energizing than an orange.
1: Which traditionally, people yeah. would say that's a calming color. Exactly. So traditionally, People would say Haley's wrong.
2: Right,
1: exactly. (laughs) Anyway, reds and oranges are considered energizing. Greens are considered to offer an idea of freshness.
2: Purples can feel kind of creative, and blues are supposed to be calming.
1: Right. But like we said, while that's good to be aware of that, that doesn't mean that that's how it applies to you. Yeah, fine tune it. With that said, let's kind of work through some color recommendations if you're doing a home gym. And really, it's going to start with what you're trying to create the space to be. You know, that's important with any room that you're decorating. What is your main vibe that you're trying to create here? And let's say you're doing weightlifting. Then we would think that strength, energy, all of that is is the right. drive there.
2: So oranges and reds are going to be the ones that, in this idea of color psychology, come to mind.
1: Now, what do you do if you don't want to use an orange or a red because really that can be off-putting. Well, fact,
2: people have the idea I think right now probably that we're talking about like a super bright saturated orange or red.
1: There'll be a lot of screaming yeah. <laughs> in, your, in your room if that's what it is.
2: That's not what we're talking about. There's plenty of toned down versions of these colors muted that are going to feel uh, livable. Still, they're not burning out your retinas when you walk into the room but also you don't have to paint the entire room any of these colors either. We could be talking about an accent wall you know, a mural, even we've talked about like geometric murals on the wall, just do a triangle in orange. Maybe that's your power signal for your weightlifting room. All
1: right. But like Haley was saying, you can go with muted versions of these. And that is really important because it can help your home gym become a livable space in a main level. You know, if your home gym is the basement...
2: That's kind of go nuts a little bit. white is big yeah. of a
1: deal, right? But if you've got a home gym on a you know, a spare bedroom or something like that, you don't want to go overboard. and that's where you can find some terracotta colors, wine colors, all kinds of different colors that will convey this idea of energy. It will create that, right. But without being overpowering. So exactly that's maybe, you know, like a weightlifting or something. What if you're trying to do cardio? lots of, what what is cardio? Jumping jacks, running, running. around
2: the room. <laughs> Anything that raises your heart rate.
1: All right, yes. yeah, cardio.
2: I think yellow. I'm not big
1: into cardio, running. you can tell. You
2: are though. You ride a bike every day. That's that's cardio.
1: That's cardio too. Yes. Oh, I'm really big into cardio. I've been doing that for a while. Yeah, I hang out with my cardio buds. Doesn't even
2: know he's doing it. What that's room? the best way to work out See? is to not think I'm, that you're working out. I'm
1: so fit that I don't even realize I'm working. Out. <laughs> That's how fit I am. But what color for the rest of us, Haley?
2: I think yellow is gonna be the most associated with that type of energy. Um, supposed to be very joyful and vibrant, and I think that's going to be raised with that heart rate.
1: And it's really important to remember what we talked about with the muted thing. Yes, yellow is incredibly powerful. It's a very strong color. Exactly, and just a little bit of it goes a long way. One of my favorite things to do in a store it, when somebody comes up and says, "I would like this yellow," you mm-hmm. know, in this paint, they'll show me a yellow on a color chip. What we'll do is we'll get that yellow and we'll put it next to like a blank piece of white paper. Right. And the yellow may look on the color chip really muted, really soft. Mm -hmm. When you see it against white, you realize how much color is really in that. And normally we end up going lighter, significantly lighter. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. People can...
2: get into trouble with yellow, and it's actually rumored to be a color that can actually make you feel crazy if it is at its most saturated. All
1: right. Well, yeah. that's good for cardio. <laughs> That'll really get the heart thumping. <laughs> if you're doing yoga, something like that, maybe blues and greens, it's really important to consider, besides just paint colors, in the last little few seconds that we've got, we wanted to highlight wallpaper. can yes. be a tremendous way to get some color into a space create an interesting space, something to focus on, maybe take your mind off what you're doing.
2: Exactly. I imagine doing yoga in a space and when you're doing these balanced positions, it's nice to find like a focal point to help you kind of center yourself. And that would be so fun to do with wallpaper. You'd have all these little focal points that you could create in the space to help you.
1: There are so many things you can do. The big thing we wanted to stress in this little bit that we had is just put some thought into the colors for your home, gym, Even if You've got it in a basement. We've got color designers at our store who will help. Just stop out and talk to them.
2: Exactly. They can help you in the store. It's always helpful to bring pictures if that's the case so they have something to reference. But also, if you're working on more than one room, sometimes it's nice for them to actually come to your home and help you there so you can really get the best advice. We've got in-home consultations offered from our Jenison location, Plainfield, 17th Street, and Fulton Street location. They'd be happy to come out.
1: Right, just call the store, they'll walk you through all the details and maybe you can set something up. All right, we're gonna take a break and when we come back, we're gonna be talking about caulk. Where to use it, which one to use, and why you'd even use it in the first place. Yeah, That's all just ahead, stay tuned.
0: If you wanna take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood
1: 1300 and 106.9 FM. And we're back, and Haley and I are in the studio with Bill Sawtell from Sawtell and Associates. And Bill, we're going to talk about caulk. Thanks for being here. Well, that'd be great. Thank you. Now, before we get into all the talk about caulk, I want to clarify <laughs> to everybody out there that Bill, you're a trooper. You are having a heck of a day right now, right? right. You have driven down in the midst of a snowstorm, because we, we record this show, and Bill has driven down in a snowstorm from Plymouth, Michigan, and you're sitting there with a flat tire right now,
3: right? I am, and I'm, but I'm glad to, to be here. Wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah.
1: I get a call from <laughs> Bill about five minutes before he's supposed to be here for the interview. Yeah, I've got a flat tire. And it describes where he is, and I'm thinking, oh boy, poor guy. am I going to have to help? Because this is not my strong suit. <laughs> I said to Haley, this is not my superpower. I'm not sure if I can do I it. I don't
2: know if I'm the right person for this job. <laughs> so
1: I'm riding out to go pick up Bill and Haley comes out. And the best you can offer me is, do you have gloves? Because <laughs> there's no other hope for me. No. We're going to get your tires sorted out. We'll and get through it. Yeah. At this point, you're probably already thinking you're going to call AAA after hearing me admit all of that stuff. But either way, I can fake it. <laughs> okay. So And it's your truck. So hey, yeah. what, do we, what, what does it matter to me? We'll learn together, and maybe that'll be a segment some other day. Anyway, we want to talk about caulk, Bill, because there's so many reasons to use caulk on a job site. Contractors know know them. A lot of homeowners don't always realize why you'd want to do that, and right. it really can beautify the end results.
3: It, it can be used for aesthetic reasons to fill gaps between baseboards around windows, where cabinets touch the walls, things like that. Right. But also, on the exterior of the home, you've got uh, weather. You've got rain that tries to get in. It can get under a windowsill and rot the wood. Or,
2: or there are
3: crevices where insects can invade your home. So, there's lots of reasons why you want to sh- kind of tidy up the, the seams around your home or in your home. And, and also, to make it uh, much more presentable when you're going to repaint
1: And that all makes sense, and that's all good, and we can all buy into that. But then we go and look, and we realize how many different varieties there are. I mean, even at our stores, we don't carry tons and tons. I mean, you go to a big box store, and there's... There's
2: like an entire aisle of just... Oh, my goodness.
1: But even at our store, it can be a little overwhelming. Why do we have 30 different tubes sitting there? What do they all do? And that wouldn't be so bad if, you know, whatever you grab is going to do a good enough job. But there are certain times where you can use the wrong thing. There are silicones, for example, that are unpaintable for the most part. There are hybrid products that are paintable that include silicone. But silicone, straight silicone, isn't something you can paint.
3: Yeah, for the most part, you know, silicone has great adhesion to, to uh, glass and porcelain and could be used around a, a bathtub or a kitchen sink, perhaps. But you don't want to use them if you're going to repaint, because it just will not accept paint.
1: Right. And we've seen people do that, go through a whole project. That's and a real problem. Yeah. When we realize what happened, there's a lot of mess to try to fix that. So with that said, we thought we'd dig into it a little bit with you, Bill. You're from Sawtail & Associates. You sell us our line of caulk, amongst other things. And before we dig into all the differences between the brands and the, the items that we carry, the, the types that are on the shelf, let's just start with a bigger step back and talk about caulks versus sealants in the first place. You kind of hit on it a little bit when you were Wait, talking about exterior and interior
3: stuff. Well, the, the products that we make at Tower Sealants are in the acrylic family. In that acrylic family of caulks and sealants, we have different gradations or or qualities that we sell. At the very top of the list, we have a product called Tower Tech 2 and another product just below it called Acura TTS. And we classify those products as sealants versus caulks. A sealant has to meet a higher performance spec. It has to be able to expand and contract. And we would want to use those products around areas of the home where there's going to be a lot of movement or expansion and contraction like baseboards, like windows and doors, like crown molding, one of the substrates that will shrink back badly in the (laughs) wintertime. So we want something that can move and stretch, but also has the adhesive ability to bond to almost any substrate we put it over. Those are sealants. Okay.
1: That's Tower Tech 2 and Acura Plus. Those are the sealants. What about the caulks?
3: We make a a couple of products that we'll classify as caulks in our line that RepcoLite carries. One is called the Accelerator, and it's a product that has a quicker dry time Actually, what the product does is it actually influences the paint when you paint over it to dry with the caulk, um, which makes it successful. But we can use that product at 4:30. We can caulk a room, and at 5 o'clock we can paint over it. So it's very popular for that reason. And how to
1: what is another caulk? You know, just to give people a time frame. How how does that compare to something else?
3: Every caulk has like a window or a dry time, and they have to have sufficient time for them to dry before we can paint over them. That's because the moisture in the paint, and most of your paint acrylic paint, mm-hmm. uh, we don't want that moisture evaporating or, or coming in and reacting with the paint and causing the paint to crack because of the moisture trying to escape. So, we have an Acura Plus in the line that dries in about two hours for recoating. Not everybody wants a 30-minute dry or less. So and,
1: sometimes it's beneficial. Sometimes yeah. that's not what
3: I'm looking for. Some people don't work fast enough. They're they're slower the way, when they apply their sealants or their caulks. And they need a little more time to tool it and whatever. And so a, a product like um, Acura Plus has a little more open time. It dries a little bit slower. But it's a a beautiful product that really takes a nice shape when you tool it with your finger and, and put it in there.
2: So if I'm someone that's not maybe the best at using caulk, if I don't have a ton of experience in that realm, would it be better for me then to use something like that rather than the accelerator?
3: I think it would be, and it just gives you a little more time for forgiveness. It's a really nice product, too. If you make a mistake, you can come back with a damp cloth, and you can wipe some of it out or whatever, and it just gives you a little more working time.
2: Okay, so I can make some mistakes with that one. I like that.
3: It's forgiving. (laughs) Yes. And I think that's why painters like it as well. And, but not all painters, because everybody, every painter's got a different schedule.
1: Now, we've got a little time left. Uh, I just want to simplify it, maybe, for some people out there. So let's talk about some common areas that I might want to use this. I'm caulking around the bathtub or the sink, like you mentioned. Which product would be good
3: for that? A tub and tile. Now, a tub and tile would be used around a splashboard. Kitchen splashboard could be used around a bathtub. A tub and tile product is a little different than uh, an average painter's clock some of the ones we've mentioned. They dry to a slicker finish. It is easier to remove dirt off of those hmm. types of uh, sealants. And they're loaded up with mildicides and biocides. So you're in a wet environment. You don't have mildew and mold right. uh, attacking and growing all over it. So those are a little bit different. Okay. And if, if I use a, a product that, like a Tower Tech 2, it's a great product. It'll bond to anything. But it's not the ideal product to use around a, a tub or a, maybe a kitchen splashboard.
1: Okay. So let's say that we've got to do the trim around a living room. Trim around anything. The door trim stuff like that. What, what would a homeowner want to probably take a look at in your
3: line? Well, I'd have them look at the Acura Plus or the Acura TTS, and uh, which is just a step up and has a little more adhesion and flexibility than Acura Plus. And either of those products are going to be extremely easy for them to use. They're air-free. There's no pops or bubbles. We, we, we do a great job of removing air from our tubes so they're easy to apply. And they're very forgiving. Um, I mean, you can correct some mistakes very easily. I think you
1: should talk briefly about that airflow thing, because that is something that's really critical. You know, if you've ever used caulk, mm-hmm. a lot of the times you'll Definitely. have an air pocket within the tube, and as you're triggering it, you know, out of the gun, you'll have that. And that can really be frustrating, and that's one of the things,
3: the selling points of what you guys do, where you take huge steps to eliminate that. It, it's probably the biggest selling point that we do. I mean. It, Uh, You know, We sell a lot of our products, probably 80% to contractors, and so contractors have to like your product or they won't buy it. We have mixing equipment and filtration equipment as we're making our batches that actually vacuums, air, and hard material that's not broken up properly. We filter every square inch three times before we actually fill it into the tube. And when we fill it, we, we have a unique method of filling the tube without adding air as we fill. So, you know, when you got our stuff our, our products, I mean, you you don't have any of the air pops that'll interrupt you as you're applying the product.
1: Well, Bill, there's so many things that we could dig into. There's so much to learn, and you were nervous when we started talking that there was just going to be it's just going to be confusing info, right? I think we got the basics out there, but what we want to really stress is as you jump into a project, caulk is important. Mm-hmm. It's going to help give you a great finish, a professional look and there are questions you're going to want to ask or at least get answered before you just grab something off of a shelf. So swing out to any Repco or Port City Paint store. Tell us what you're working on and we will happily make the right recommendation for your project. Alright Bill, thanks so much for being here. We're going to get your tire fixed now <laughs> and get you back on the road.
3: Great. Good to hear it.
1: Yeah, excellent. Thanks so much. Alright, it's time for commercials and when we come back, Haley, it's time to <laughs> about <laughs> toilets. That's all just ahead. Stay put.
0: If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost. On News Radio, Wood 1300 and
1: 106.9 FM. Well, Haley, it's time to talk about bathroom things. We're going to talk about the toilets. toilet. <laughs> and honestly, there's something else that I want to talk about quickly. I was going to keep it till next week. But I'm going to forget. You know me. Okay. I'm going to forget. And I thought it was kind of fun. I, and it's bathroom related, okay. but it's, oh, don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm a professional. I'm a professional. I can talk about things like this without being offensive most of the time. <clears throat> no, this has nothing bad. I have this manly growth of beard, I would say. I'm going to just say you don't have to acknowledge one way or the other because I don't want to be embarrassed.
2: You've got a beard, yeah.
1: I do have a beard. Yeah. And I have found, I, I've struggled to make it soft and supple and all the way things We've that I want it to this, be right. Yeah. I've tried a number of things. I have found the answer. I use dog shampoo. <laughs> it doesn't. I was I was, you know, in the shower the other day and I'm looking and there's this this thing of dog shampoo, you know, for the dog. Yeah. And I'm looking at it and there's a little bulldog on there. That's the logo. And he's a little cartoon bulldog, and he's got a bow tie. He's dapper. And I thought, you know what?
2: That looks really Dan. good.
1: And then the name on it is like Warren London or something. I mean it's sure, fancy stuff. And then I'm sophisticated. reading sophisticated. It does. It is. And it talks about, you know, for an itch free. You know, okay, skin yeah. and stuff like itchy. that. It will keep fleas off and stuff. I mean, <laughs> Good. <so> it's extra. <laughs> I'm not going to get the mange, oh and it's gosh. got a cherry scent. And ah. on top of it all, I kept thinking how shiny and and soft Maggie is after we give her a bath. Hmm. And I thought, what could possibly go wrong?
2: Did anything go wrong? No, it worked. But-
1: it's amazing. I couldn't stop petting my face.
2: Interesting. I mean, people use um what is that shampoo mane and tail? It's like a horse shampoo and conditioner. They swear by it. So oh, you're really? not the only one.
1: No, well, see?
2: Yeah. I'm going to check a thing. out
1: horse shampoo. Yeah, that you should. That seems really, really legit.
2: Yeah, I think they sell it at like beauty supply stores even.
1: I just want my beard to be glisteny and like flopping all over in the breeze.
2: What do you use, dog shampoo?
1: Dog shampoo <laughs> with a little bit of horse shampoo. So anyway, there's some bathroom stuff. Now let's get to the to the meat of the issue, and I'm sorry I said oh. it that way. Oh. You made a face. I could have just rolled on with that. I couldn't. We got a question from a listener about toilets, and I really want to dig into this because I think it's a good question. Now, we've handled toilet talks in the past, and we've done so with the utmost delicacy, right? I have handled them like a surgeon, you know, the dexterity and skill of a surgeon. Sure. Nothing gross was happening, and we're going to keep it that way. So if you're eating a bowl of Cheerios right now, you can carry on. There's no worries here, unless Haley drags us down. All right? Yeah. You'll be good? Yeah. Are we in agreement? We'll be fine. We'll be adult. Yep. All right. Now, before the question, a couple of things to set up this whole toilet talk. Right. And the first thing is just to uh, really focus on where toilets have been. <laughs> and, and where they've come it, between 1980 and 1992, some things to think about. Yeah, toilets used the gravitational force of two and a half to three point six gallons of water per, per flush. flush. That's that was a
2: lot of water.
1: 1980 to 1992. Yes, a lot of water. But yeah. prior to 1980,
2: yeah, they used five to eight gallons of flush. So that's a lot of water.
1: A lot of water per flush. Now in my family. You know, because I dug into it. How many times do people flush on average? Sure, it's yeah. five times. Five times a day. Per day. Per average. So for my family, we're pushing 117 gallons of water a day if the children flush. <laughs> just going to leave that right there. So anyway, that's what toilets were. Then we had the Energy Policy Act of 1992, which became law in 1994, because it always takes time right, to yeah. move these things through. And what that did was it mandated a maximum flush of 1.6 gallons.
2: Yeah, I mean, that sounds good in theory, but unfortunately, the toilets were notoriously poor flushers. <laughs> right.
1: They didn't make other changes. They just changed yeah. the amount of water going through. And yeah, we had really poor flushing toilets. So anyway, that's what we had in the past, and now we've had significant developments in toilet technology and design, and our new toilets work well, even with as little as 1.28 gallons per flush. That's the quick overview. However, not all of us have those newer toilets. And that's where we get to this question that we received from a listener. They wanted to know about dual-flush technology because
2: they were concerned about water conservation.
1: Right, all that water, we want to quit wasting it, so let's see what we could do. And they looked into dual flush technology and wondered what we thought about that. Have we ever talked right. about it or looked into it? All right, so we're gonna do that. A couple of clarifications. Dual flush, what we're talking about with that is really what you're probably guessing.
2: Right. It's, there's a button for solids and there's a button for liquids, and it conserves water based on what you're flushing. So, Right,
1: right, right. Yeah. You get way less water spent to get rid of the liquid waste. Right. And the idea is that potentially you could reduce your water consumption by up to 67% by using this dual flush technology. All right? That's what we're talking about with dual flush. Now couple other things. There are dual flush toilets out there.
2: Right. That you can buy that way. Right. New from the manufacturer.
1: They're ready to dual flush.
2: That's what they're made
1: to do. But not every new toilet is a dual flush toilet. No. Bear that in mind. Also, for those of us with older toilets cranking out tons of water every flush, there are dual flush conversion kits. And that's what our listener was really talking about and wondering about. Whether those dual flush conversion kits really work. Now, Haley and I kind of dug into it, and we've got an opinion. But before we get to our opinion and give a recommendation up or down, let's explain how this whole conversion kit works. Now, what you get is a new canister valve, basically that sits directly on the flush valve opening. It replaces that little flapper valve. Right. So super easy to put in. You put that in, and that comes with a new handle that typically has those two the buttons. The two buttons, one for liquid, one for solids. And they generally run around
2: like thirty dollars, and they're really simple to install. Supposedly. Supposedly. Right.
1: A and couple issues can happen, but we're not going to go into that.
2: Right. There's kits.
1: Right. All over the place. You read about them and they say hey, this is the way to go. It's perfect. We were curious if that's really so yeah, or if that's just Things hype.
2: get hyped and you're not really sure what is actually going on underneath.
1: Right. So we talked to a couple of plumbers because we wanted real answers. We reached out to Service Professor. They've been on the show plenty of times. Brad Cross from Service Professor. And we reached out back to Mark DeVisser from Great Lakes Plumbing. And here's the consensus that we got. First off, don't bother with any of these retrofit systems. We're going to cut straight to it. Not worth it. In their opinion... Plumber opinions, right? not worth it. And it's really not a complicated argument that they're making.
2: Right. They're just essentially saying the toilets were designed to flush with this amount of water, and they're not going to flush properly without that amount of water.
1: Right. Changing the amount of water, you're going to end up with problems. And often what we're finding is that it defeats the whole purpose of trying to save water, because yeah. you're using extra flushes to even get rid of the paper with the liquid waste, right? Exactly. So. Really, it's not worth it in that regard. Well, they
2: also leak more, we found out, too, and you don't know. So you're losing all of this water. You have no idea. So you're actually losing a ton of water. It's not efficient.
1: Not efficient for those conversion kits. So then we dug into what about the dual flush toilets themselves? Well, it turns out neither one of these plumbers are huge on this technology yet either. Service professor pointed out that as homeowners, before we make that switch... We do need to consider the age of our sewer lines and the roots involved. Usually, less water to push waste is creating a potential for backups. Even with just liquids and toilet paper, you could be running into that issue.
2: And Mark from Great Lakes Plumbing pointed out that even with newer homes, trying to push waste 60 to 120 feet with less water isn't working. Drain cleaning is becoming a big business, even on newer houses, because stuff is not being pushed far enough downstream and it's creating a plug.
1: So basically, using less water can make us feel good, we're saving money, we're saving water, but how good are we really going to feel if the toilet's not (laughs) flushing, right? That's a deal breaker for me. Right. Now, both of the plumbers that we talked to said that there were plenty of great toilet options out there that will flush like a dream while still meeting water consumption codes. So check into those. And Mark DeVisser had some great last-minute advice if you are concerned about saving water.
2: Yeah, try installing a water-saving shower head, sprinkle the lawn less, and turning off the water while you're brushing your teeth can save water.
1: Right, and those are ways that aren't going to cause a lot of pain and angst. Yes,
2: having angst a, is a good word. Yeah,
1: having to flush the <laughs> toilet 27 times... To make it good isn't a fun way to live. Now, we know there are probably plenty of people out there who really love their dual flush toilet or who have used these conversion kits and really love them. And if that's you, we'd love to hear about it. Because that will help us form a bigger opinion. And you can reach us at radio at repcolite.com. Bottom line here is before you jump into a switch like this, it's, it's an important thing. It's a, it's toilet. a toilet. You want to get this right. Before you jump in, check with a plumber that you trust and get their opinions. There are a lot of great ones out there. Two of our favorites are Service Professor and Great Lakes Plumbing. And we'll put the links in the show notes. All right, Haley, that's it. That's all the time we've got. We're going to wrap it up. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. And we should mention that right now, if you're a painting contractor, Repcolite has a pro show going. Probably the best pricing you're going to see... What? All
2: year, all year, I probably. Mean, with supply shortages, prices go up, and right now, this is probably the best we're looking at.
1: Right, it starts February 21, runs to March 4. Lots of products on sale. If you're a homeowner and you want to buy a box of roller covers, you can still take advantage of the pricing too. You can get more info at any or Port City Paints. Whatever you do today, makes your paints a part of it. The and Port City Paint stores are open until three, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hanson, and
2: I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.